it is. Yes. Hello, hello. Chunkies. Hello, everybody. We're back on a Sunday. A Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. Congrats to Al. He's a homeowner. Yes, that's why we're doing it today. Because <laughs> um, this week coming up is just fucked. I know all the things that go along with being a homeowner. And I can tell you, you're making a big mistake. <laughs> you're the only one that's been honest with me. <laughs> it's it's there's always something, um, you know, even even not like so much house related. I mean, this 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 week, you know, I just had to drop a grand on a new mattress. Yeah, just you know, everything. Things, yeah. things start going. And, you know, my wife and I in uh, November will be married eight years and that's how long we've been in this house. Awesome. And so some you know, somewhere between the five and eight years and you know, things start breaking, uh warranties start expiring. Uh that's when everything, everything starts else. breaking, right? Since we've been in the house, we've replaced the 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 double oven. We've replaced the microwave. We've replaced the um refrigerator. Uh last year we got a new roof. That was the big project last year. Um, yes, it's always something. And then this year I spent a lot of money on, uh, taking trees down in the the yard. Yeah. Yeah. I guess guess in time we'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll, we'll have to deal with all that. I'm guessing. Focus on your music room first. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) It's, it's, it was primered today and ready to be painted tomorrow. Oh, you get, you painting every room? Uh, well, her, um, my wife's, um, mother uh, and stepfather are mm-hmm. they've had a painting business for a while oh, so um, nice yeah we're, we're just giving it like a, it's nothing major no color changes just a fresh you mm-hmm. know look going in so um we'll uh, officially moving in next weekend we're yeah. just kind of doing a little you know here and there this week so because when we moved in here we we primered and painted every room to the to the colors that we wanted yeah so that was an ordeal and i don't intend on painting again yeah i don't intend on moving again yeah right (laughs) yeah so yeah i don't i don't know how people you know i know people who have who've moved you know every couple years three and and four houses i I could not do it i have too much crap yeah there's just crap everywhere we're uh there's still crap in my parents house we're musician collectors yeah we're collectors of crap yeah i have to clean out my mom's room um I don't know if you remember um, all the kiss, the framed kiss posters I had mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. my old house, my old room, and stuff. Um, they've been in a closet for nine years, so I'm finally going to get to display all that. But my mom wants it out of the house. What did your parents do with your old bedroom? Uh, it's a spare bedroom. I didn't know yeah, if like it was a, a shrine room. to you. Or no, oh no! Every, all my stuff went into one closet. You know. Yeah, my so. my old bedroom at my parents' house is my dad's office now. Nice, and nice, it's, and it's wall to wall crap. Like memorabilia, you know, yeah. racing memorabilia that's and everything awesome. else. And it's, yeah. just, it's just like there's like a little clear spot where his desk is, and that's about it. <laughs> nice. The nice. walls, the walls are are painted, but they're completely covered um, with all the you know pictures, ticket stubs, everything like that. Awesome. So yeah, so we had a little bit of a short week, about a week and a half or so. Yeah, there's um surprisingly, I don't have any Gene Simmons news. I don't know if you came across. I don't have. I any. did. What do you got? Well, I, I, I just by me. Mm, what I got for Gene Simmons news? Oh, I got a couple things. Okay, you go first. Where's my Gene Simmons news? Uh, well, it still goes back to you know everybody's still commenting on his "Rock is Dead" um, statement, mm-hmm. and I have. Uh, I noticed that Rob Halford, you know, commented on it, and you know, oh, he's, saying, he's saying he's saying there's he, there's a lot of young bands, and it's as strong as ever, and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. 
But what I liked was Slash commented on it. Oh, I didn't hear this. You know, um, let's see. Slash says that he feels that uh, Gene Simmons' comments were, were based on the difficulty of getting started for many musicians. Mm-hmm. Right, and he goes on to explain, um, Slash says, uh, the music business itself is not catering to rock and roll at all, which we know is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're an aspiring to be a guitarist or drummer or singer in a rock band and trying to make your way up the ladder, the obstacles are much bigger uh, than when I first started. That's yeah. that's coming straight from the line. And it's right. He hit the nail on the head. Yeah, you know? it's perfect. Yeah. If you're some you know, you know, cheesy pop star, you know, in short shorts, you know, then <laughs> you're gonna get a little farther than the average uh, rock guy. Um it's true. He continues the rock and roll audience is rabid. It's a huge it's huge and and just as alive and kicking as it ever was. And Rob Halford had similar things to say of that. Uh, so he says, uh, I get what Simmons is saying, but I also think it's really great to separate the men from the boys. If you're really passionate about the kind of music you want to do and you're not looking at it from a dollars and cents point of view, but you just want to create new music and somehow get it out there and play live, uh, the passion has, has to be honed and it has to be real. Yeah. Now, that was, that was an interview um, that I pulled off the Internet. Uh, but... Uh, and then, like right beside it, was was it was a different interview from a different uh, publication, uh, and he goes on to say, "This is Slash now." <laughs> he kind of go. He they must have caught him on a bad day, because he he goes, "You know what's wrong with the whole fucking entertainment business?" He says, "These kids these days just want to grab a bunch of cash, do as little work with as little integrity as possible, and just fucking retire." That's true. Yeah, and he says, you know why I got into this business? Because I love playing, I love doing concerts, I love recording, and that's still what I'm in for today. And we've said this before. There's so many uh, image-based bands. Yeah, there's no passion. It has no um, no substance. Yeah. Yeah, no, there hasn't been, um, you know, I mean, there's some great modern bands, you know, like Foo Fighters, Buck Cherry, which yeah. are still rocking, mm-hmm. you know, but... There, there hasn't been like a band that I've said that I've been so interested in that is just like, I've never said, oh, you could tell these guys are so passionate about their music mm-hmm. or you know, they they love rock and roll. It just hasn't happened lately. And and then you know, I think we've had this discussion before about longevity mm-hmm. and like, um, you know, arena bands. Yeah, like who's who's gonna be the next. U2 or Bon Jovi or Bruce Springsteen, mm. you know, who's who's coming up now that's selling on arenas? Not rock and roll. There's no, no. rock and roll bands. No, I can't. You know, think only of the only the ones that have been established for, you know, X yeah. amount of years. Um, my wife is a huge fan of Coheed and Cambria mm-hmm. and they have a huge following. We just listened to a recent interview they uh, they did on Howard Stern. Um, you know, Huge band, you know they sell lots and lots of uh, albums and you know this that and the other thing. But they're not they're not they're not going to headline an arena tour. Anytime no. we've ever seen them was opening up for Sabbath or opening up for Slipknot yeah. or, or whatever, um, you know. And 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 they're a popular band. So I don't know who's the next uh, arena arena bands are going to be. It'll be interesting. It's not going to be a rock band. It's probably going to be a country act or something. You yes. know, like you know the I can't even name one of them because I don't care. <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly so but um, um but i didn't have any gene simmons news but i did have um ace freely news yes yes you have that no 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 i know what you're talking i have um i have some other stuff but yeah go ahead um from this is from uh, metropolis nights magazine 
the writer of that, uh, Chance, Chance Hayden was the interviewer, uh, said to Ace, recently in Guitar World magazine, Paul Stanley said that you had lost a lot of your guitar skills and what a shame it was. And how does that make you feel? Ace's reply. I didn't read that, but I think it's hysterical for Paul to try to say something negative against me as a guitar player. Come on. He should listen to himself playing live. He's one of the sloppiest guitar players out there. He's more worried about jumping around and pointing his finger. (laughs) (laughs) That's been the problem since the beginning of Kiss. We all used to yell at him for making so many mistakes. Uh, I would try to cover for him. So for him to take a shot at my guitar playing, he's out of his mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So... (laughs) I can't say I disagree though. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. Disagree, no, no, nobody's putting Paul Stanley on any lists of great guitar players. No, yeah, I don't. He didn't even make. I don't think he made our list of top rhythm. I think it was an honorable mention for the rhythm guitarist list that we did. Half the time, I don't think his guitar is plugged in. It's no, it's not. If it is, it's not turned on. Right. Uh, do you have the? Um, I'm sure you saw the. We have a Wolf Den date coming up for uh, Ace Freely. I didn't see that. Yeah. It's uh, oh okay. It's in. I think it's in November. I'm sure uh, it's I... a free show, but it's a two hundred and seventy-five dollar meet and greet ticket after the show. That. Yeah. So, but it, you know, if you can, if we can get into the Wolf Den, I'm not. Uh, I paid. I, I think I paid fifty bucks to meet him once and got his autograph. Yeah. on his and, and he was a dick. You so. said Peter Chris was the nicest. Oh one, my right? god, Peter yeah. Chris, nicest guy ever. Yeah, I really, I nicest love to guy meet ever. Him. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't need to meet Ace Ace again. Yeah, so that's um. But I was I, I did not I did not know about the Wolfstein show. But I was excited to hear that uh, Richie Scarlet is playing guitar for yep. him on this tour. So yep. that'll, that'll be cool. Richie Scar- we saw Richie Scarlet with um, Sebastian, Sebastian Bach, Bach yep. a bunch of those guys at the couple Webster shows and uh, Toes place. I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So what I um, what do you got? Um, I'm sure everyone's um, read about um, ACDC finished recording their record. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, though, it's not going to include Malcolm Young um, with some kind of disturbing news coming out of that camp. Yeah, that's um, rough. With the, uh, Apparently, or allegedly, we're, we're not 100% sure, but he might be suffering from really severe dementia. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that, you know, if you walked into a room and talked to him and walked out and came back in, he wouldn't remember you. Right. So um, I believe it's it, it's their nephew filling in for them, for him. Is it Malcolm and um, one of their nephews? That, that I don't have. Yeah, it's one. It's it's a it's a relative filling in on. Rhythm oh, there guitar. it is. He's been replaced by uh, Stevie Young. Yeah, who's the nephew of both Mal- Malcolm and uh, his brother uh, Angus okay. Young. So, um, I'm guessing this will have a tour to follow for this record. But it'll be. The but it's first, rough. It'll be the first I mean, record without Malcolm. Yeah, that I they, mean that they've ever put out. You know. I, I, most of these bands, they have the mentality that the show must go on, but I did not expect them to continue on without him. Yeah, uh, it's just it's it's sad. I mean, I mean, he he could be lying in a bed right now, not knowing that he was ever in ACDC. That's that's terrible, right? He was some goosebumps thinking um, about that. So his state of mind is is you know not confirmed yet, but it's definitely confirmed. He did have a stroke. Yeah, um, yep. yeah, that's just rough. Wasn't he? Wasn't he my, my number one? <laughs> yeah, he was, a lot, he was a couple of people a lot of people number one. one. I think it was David's number you know? one too. Yeah, he did the job. Yeah. That's just, it's just sad. But yeah. I, I uh, this is so funny. So last night, speaking of ACDC, so last night I'm DJing a wedding, and 
I always know when something's going to be cool when when somebody comes up to me and they and they have a lot of um uh let's just say foreplay before they give me their request. Mm-hmm. So the best man comes up to me and he's like he's like all right, look. I got a request. I don't know if you're going to play it. I don't know if it's going to fit. I don't know it going on or not. So I, I was like it, it it always ends up being something good or something amazingly terrible. And he goes all right, I need you to play ACDC's Thunderstruck. I'm like, we could totally work that in because the um, the bride and groom were rock fans anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, they had, they had Bon Jovi on their list. They had Def Leppard on the list. You know, it could be done. So he's like, all right, here's the thing. Before you play it, you got to make sure that you make an announcement that everybody needs a beer in their hand. I'm like, okay. So I'm thinking, all right, it's a college sing-along or something like that. Maybe it's something they listen to in their dorms, whatever. It's a fairly young couple that was getting married. Um, so it's got that long intro. So mm-hmm. I, I I turn it on. I was like, all right, everybody, you know, this is uh, for the best man. He says, everybody's got to have a drink in their hand. Uh, and, you know, Thunderstruck. And so they, everybody has a beer or a drink in their hand. They make a circle on the dance floor. And the best man went first. Any t- Anytime... They said thunder. The first person's got to chug a beer, and I guess if I if I saw it correctly, they had to finish the beer before the next thunder. <laughs> so you know it goes thunder, yeah, na, 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 yeah. and they're chugging, 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 and then and then as soon as that it goes to the next person, yeah, and they oh, went wow. and they had they had their like you know 50, 60 year old uncles and aunts involved. Like they're they're sipping their <laughs> their their gin and tonics through straws like super fast. It was the I was like this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in a wedding. And they're going and they and they went through the song twice. And there's this like these tiny skinny girls chugging beers like I've never seen. It was fantastic. And they and they made it around twice. Um. So I told them I said this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in a wedding. Uh, and they said, Oh my god, I can't believe you you've never seen this game before. And so one one uh, somebody else from the wedding party came up to me and he said he said yeah you gotta you do it with Thunderstruck and I guess I have to go back and look at the album to remember the name of the song but the song after Thunderstruck is f- shot down in flames or fired it's down in flames yeah, some, yeah. something like that yep. and anytime they said fire or uh, or flames or something then you you drink and you got to continuously do it so it's good it lasts for two songs. And so the guy that was I was talking to, he's like, he's like, and the great thing is, if you get the seven inch single, that's the B side. So you just flip it over. I'm like, awesome. And he's like, you have to promise me that you're gonna carry on this tradition. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna get the friends together around the fire pit and start chugging beers to Thunderstruck. I support a drinking game based on ACDC. Right. I never seen and and you know I didn't I didn't expect that. I was like, this is great. That's awesome. No, I never heard of it. But that. I'll never yeah. see that at another wedding, yeah. probably. Bad. That was a lot of fun. I'm just watching it, you know, and my wife and I are just cracking up. I'm like, this, this, this is why I'm a wedding DJ for stuff like this. <laughs> nice. So, um, that's a little uh, homage to ACDC that was done last night. I got one more news story. Sure. I probably have it too. Um, the uh, this November we'll see the first single from Faith No More. Oh yes, released in 17 years. I have the cover art. I'm going to show the oh. room. It's a little wolf, <laughs> and it's called Motherfucker. 
I don't know, I guess the wolf is a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a uh, scheduled for a limited seven edition release on um, Black Friday, the record store days Black Friday event nice. in November. Um, November 28th, 5,000 copies will be pressed on vinyl. And then the album, the digital release and the album will follow shortly after. Awesome. So I'm hoping this brings a tour. It, it just, yeah, I, I really, I have never seen Faith No More. I, I just hope we get this. I've them. seen them once, and they're fantastic. Did you see them? Well, they came to Brooklyn, right? Brooklyn, yeah. yeah it was. It was. A, they were doing a few one-off shows. Yeah, I this remember was that. A couple of years ago, yep. it, was, it was fantastic. Um, yeah, if you search uh, on YouTube, Ant nineteen seventy seven, that that's my old YouTube handle, and uh, and I have video from oh, nice. from, from, that of, from that show, I'll Faith No More. That, that was that's really good. Down. I have a couple things in here. I think. We did ACDC. We talk a little about you know, Slash. Oh, did you see who's filling in for Vivian Campbell? Oh, uh, the dude from Trickster. Yeah, <laughs> Vivian Campbell is going in for a stem cell treatment. Yeah, uh, for his Hodgkin's lymphoma, and Trickster guitarist Steve Brown has That's been weird. tapped to fill in for for Vivian Campbell. Like, wh- what do you so think that weird. that phone call was like? Yeah, it's like, hey, Trickster. Uh. <laughs> hey, you you want to go? On you want to go on a world Def tour? Lepper? You want to make some money? Um, yeah, he's making his debut performance uh, today, Sunday, September 28th at England's Wembley Stadium. <laughs> oh, no pressure. Before the NFL International Series game between um, Oakland Raiders and Miami Dolphins. Wait In now. Wembley? In Wembley? This is what I have. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's, oh, it's before the NFL International Series. Oh, okay. They so they, oh, they, just, so they went over for a game? That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, between Oakland Raiders and Miami Dolphins. Uh, Trickster took to Facebook to make the announcement, writing, Watch Steve O'Brown this Sunday filling in for Viv with Def Leppard at Wembley Stadium. Um, Let's see. And then he's just going on. It goes on to say uh, that uh, Campbell released a statement on on Facebook. Uh, He says, Well, I can't say that I'm looking forward to the process ahead. I'm very much looking forward to what I feel will be the most successful outcome. Next year will be very busy for Def Leppard with a new album and a world tour. And frankly, I don't think they would sound as loud without me. So I have no intention of letting the team down. Good. good. And then, uh, so Brown is filling in for today's performance. And it says we'll also perform with Def Leppard for three California shows in late October and early November. So there's not many shows um, that he's going to be filling in for. But still, you know, any, any you know, he's going to be there. They're going to be their go-to guy now. Who knows? Maybe we'll see Trickster open up for... Uh, Def Leppard in the future. That's funny because Trickster was recently playing at like at Dingbats in Jersey, like a shitty like really? rock bar. Now he's playing Wembley Stadium. There's some shitty rock bars uh, <clears throat> in Connecticut that have lately been booked. Oh, uh, the stuff one like with uh, the one I saw your post. We got the Misfits gig coming up at that the what's it called the Merch. It's called, no the, the, the Reserve. The Reserve in Meriden. Yeah, I never even heard of that place. Well, from what I understand, and I'm getting conflicting reports from everyone. Buddy, but uh, I guess it's it's always been like some sort of douchebag nightclub, but now it's like half douchebag nightclub, half rock and roll club. Ooh. And there's been friends of mine who have played there, who have loved it. They said they said you know it's cool, the staff is cool, the place is cool. You know, you should check it out. And then I have other friends that have played there saying that the sound is terrible, and basically the stage feels like it's a bunch of loose pallets that have been put together. Awesome. Um. But I guess it could hold a good amount of people. 
and uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the sound system and the stage. You know, with the, with the, a band that's going to draw as much as the Misfits on Halloween. Yeah. Um, but Josta is opening. Yeah, I saw that. So that's uh, it's uh, Charlie, Charlie, and uh, and Chris. Char- Charlie's playing guitar. Chris is playing bass. And I'm pretty sure Nikki is playing drums if he's back from his Toxic Holocaust tour. Um, I think they they're leaving for tour uh, this week if they didn't leave already um, for a tour. I guess uh, going through the middle of October. Cool. Which, by the way, uh, I was at a stag and Nikki says that he's ready to you know come in. So as soon as Toxic Holocaust is done with tour, he's going to come in and uh, sit in with us for a podcast. That's great. Yeah. We'll get to chat great. with him. Maybe we can make him if he's if he is going to be around for that Misfit show. Then uh, maybe we can coordinate it around that time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think that was it for my news. That's it. Yeah. All right. So, should we move on to bass players? Let's do this. We asked you last uh, last show to uh, send us your top five list of your top five bass players. Did yeah. you get any emails or anything? No, but I think it's because they usually come last minute. I know. So and we're gonna we, have to. And re- we didn't tell yeah. them that we were recording this today. So uh, we'll, we'll read them next. We'll read them again. Read them on the next yeah. on the next show. So, um, but I did get one here from Dave because he's always on top of it. Yeah. All right. So Dave's uh, top five bassists, uh, he has some honorable mentions first. He has okay. Duff from Guns N' Roses, Cliff Burton from Metallica, who recently, I have a minute, yeah. Yesterday, uh, was, yesterday was the anniversary. Was it 20, 28 years? Yeah, something like for 86. 27. September 27th, yep, 1986. So it's 28 years. It was our wedding anniversary, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. congratulations. <laughs> it's a happy, sad day. Um, yeah, Cliff Burton from Metallica, uh, Phil Linett from uh, Thin Lizzy, oh, Billy Sheen from Mr. Big, David Lee Roth, and many, many more, uh, Glenn Hughes from Deep Purple, Michael Anthony from Van Halen, Rudy Sarza from Quiet Riot, and White Snake, I'd just like to add, uh, and Cliff Williams from ACDC. His official top five for Dave, his number five is Sting from The Police and Solo Work. Uh, he says his sharp and clean bass playing on every song is more noticeable than any other instrument being played. He truly makes the bass stand out uh, in every song. Uh, his number four is Geezer Butler from Black Sabbath, the godfather of metal bass. Dave's number three is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He says whether it's rock, rap, or funk, Flea is simply a bass playing genius. Uh, his number two is Bootsy Collins, best known for uh, Parliament Funkadelic. Uh, amongst other things, he writes uh, pure funk, and let's face it, without Bootsy's uh, influence, there would be no flea. True, kind of go hand in hand. And uh, his number one kind of surprised me a little bit uh, was is Peanut from Three Eleven. Wow, yeah, that's a good choice, though. He says, "I don't care what your feelings are on the band itself or the He's, style yeah, of music. Just line. listen to the bass lines as you know he slaps away. Possibly the most underrated musician of all time, certainly of my time. Yeah." So peanut, yeah. Wow, yeah. that's a good list. Hey, all right. Let's see what we got. All right. So, um, my honorable mentions: uh, Lemmy, because it's fucking Lemmy, mm-hmm. and he's the dirtiest bass player ever. Uh, Victor Wooten, uh, good like jazz bass player. Nice, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cliff Burton, 
uh, Jack Bruce from Queen. Um, this is a very non rock and roll bass player, but Jaco Pastorius, mm-hmm. he played, you know, he played like on a bunch of seventies prog rock records oh, yeah. and, um, a lot of jazz stuff. Uh, Les Claypool, John Entwistle from the who Paul McCartney, geezer Butler, Michael Anthony. One of my honorable mentions is peanut and then Billy Sheen and Phil Linet are mm-hmm. my honorable mentions. So my top five, number five, Eric Avery from Jane's Addiction. Nice. I just he just his tone is just unmatchable. I just love that guy. Uh, my number four is John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin. Um, just the orchestral arrangements that he pl- puts up around his bass playing is just pure genius. Uh, number three is Flea, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Number two is Getty Lee from Rush. Um, no need to explain anything. No, no explanation. Yeah. I, I've actually, um, in a band, we covered Tom Sawyer. Nice. And obviously I had to play the bass. I did, I, uh, I did not attempt to play the bass um, and do the uh, foot. The keyboard. The, yeah, the, I the say, foot, yeah, no, no, no. I, I just had to play the bass. Yeah. And that took me almost two months to lock that down, to ha- to play what he was playing with the speed and accuracy that he was playing. And I'm like, he probably ran this right off the top of his head. Yeah. And here I am struggling to make my hands work and then, and then and then to play it without my hands cramping up because yeah. you know there was a lot of repetitive motion in that song. I was like, oh my god, I don't know how he does it. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Um, my number one, um, Steve Harris from Iron Maiden. Good choice. Um, that guy wrote every Iron Maiden song. Everything Bruce Dickinson is singing, mm-hmm. Steve is singing to himself on stage. If you've ever seen a video or a live performance, mm-hmm. you see Steve Harris singing along when he's playing. Um, just brilliant. I love him. And I love Maiden. So that's my top five. Nice. I made two top fives. Ooh. First, I'll give you my honorable mentions. Uh, uh, James Lomenzo. He, you know, first hit the scene with White Lion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of people know him uh, as for his work with Megadeth and Black Label Society. Mm-hmm. He's got great tone. He's got really good technique. I just, you know, I, I dig him a lot. Uh, I also had Rudy Sarzo in there for uh, honorable mention. Kind of underrated, but really amazing. John Taylor from Duran Duran. Yes. Yep. Uh, Dave Elfson from from Megadeth. Uh, Frank Bella from Anthrax. Uh, Tim uh, Comerford from Rage Against the Machine and Audio Slave. Awesome bass player. You know, I've, uh, you know, when I was learning a lot about bass, I was, I was, following a lot of his lines from Rage Against the Machine. Uh, Michael Anthony, uh, Jeff Ament from uh, yeah. Pearl Jam. Yep. He was great. Uh, Simon Gallup from The Cure. Dusty Hill from ZZ Top, who I think is still recovering from a fall. Falling, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom Peterson from Cheap Trick. Oh, nice. Yeah. Innovator of the uh, 12-string bass. Yes. Uh, and uh, Jack Bruce from Cream. Also, Donald Duck Dunn. You may remember him as uh, the bass player always smoking a pipe in the movie The Blues Brothers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he was a great session player. Yeah, okay. Uh, he's, you, he could be heard on everything from Albert King's Born Under a Bad Sign, uh, Otis Redding's Respect, uh, Sam and Dave's Hold On, I'm Coming. A lot of okay. people know that, you yeah. know, and all the stuff that's on the, you know, the Blues Brothers soundtrack, mm-hmm. you know, great, great session guy. 
Um, he might have even spent a little time with the Saturday Night Live band. Yeah, I was just going to sure. say, yeah. well, I think he was. Yeah, in most of those, SNL most band. of those guys, you know, they they kind of like made the circuit. Yeah, you know, this is back when people like new session musicians. Yeah, exactly. You, know, they, you don't really see that much of it anymore. Um, and uh, honorable mention for me also Cliff Cliff Burton. I did not put Cliff Burton in in any of my lists, and I'll probably get to that. I'll get to the reasons why. But I made I made two lists. I made my top five bass players that were specifically influential on me and the way I play. Mm -hmm. And then I made uh, a list of like that I think are technically amazing. Okay. You know, Um, so I'll do that one first. My technically amazing, you know, uh, bass players. Number five is John N. Whistle from The Who. Number four, John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin. Uh, number three, uh, Marcus Miller, a uh, really well-known jazz music- musician. You know, I'm not really big on slap, you know, mm. which is, you know, why you're not going to see Flea on any of my lists. Uh, I don't have lists Claypool on any of my lists. Uh, I've just never been a, a, a slap fan. You know, I you know I respect it. It's not our form. It's just not for me, and it doesn't appeal to me. I, I, like, I like a little bit more balls yeah. and you know and you know you know not so much of that high end kind of kind of pop but uh Marcus Miller fantastic uh my number 2 uh Getty Lee from Rush and number 1 Billy Sheen yep uh this was my 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 top like technical like they could do anything mm-hmm. kind of bass players now my top 5 that are uh immediately influential on me my number 5 is Geezer Butler from Black Sabbath uh, my number four is Lemmy. Uh, if a tie for number three with Nikki Six, I think more for stylistic purposes. You mm-hmm. know, you know, he you know, he was one of the one of the first guys. You know, you know, you look cool with the bass. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? um, so a tie for number three, uh, him and uh, Caleb uh, Schofield from the band Caven. Mm-hmm. And I'll get. I'm going to get into why he's awesome in a minute. <laughs> you can tell I spent a lot of time on this list. <laughs> Um, my number two is Steve Harris from Iron Maiden, and he's, I think my playing now is most influenced by Steve Harris. I was going to say, finger work. I, yeah, I was just going to say the, the way you, your fingers work on the bass. I, I actually noticed that at Cafe Nine. Mm-hmm. I was like, you could totally, I was selling peas. Like you could totally tell he's influenced by Steve Harris. Yeah. But, it's just, it just kind of evolved over, yeah. over time. Uh, and no big surprise. My number one is Duff. Nice. There it is. He's on your arm. Yeah, you know, he, he's kind of got to be at the number one of the list yeah. if you guys' uh, autograph tattoo on your arm. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to, not a lot of people now, I don't think, know about the band Caven. They were they were awesome. They mm. were, you know, early 2000s. They put on a few albums. They, fantastic. Um, he's a good bass player. Uh, I kind of, you know, uh, I was in Beaner's Revenge in Belmore at the time, and we, I just kept trying to emulate his sound it was really you know this kind of beefy distorted it wasn't like a lemmy it wasn't like it was just kind of like it fit right in the pocket and it was a, it was a really smooth sound and i tried forever to kind of create my own sound with like that as a bass um funny story years later we ended up uh opening for cave in oh nice at uh, toad's place <laughs> and uh we were we were breaking down. I think we were on right. We were on right before Caven. We were breaking down, and Caleb gets back on stage. He just goes he, and he says to me, "He's like, dude, 
I love your bass tone. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, I'm just trying to emulate yours. And, you know, and, you know, and uh, so that, that was, you know, that was kind of like all my hard work of, of tweaking pedals yeah. had, had like paid off. Um, but actually, you could segue that into uh, some music. Yeah. Because uh, I included a cave in song. Let's see here. Let's bring it up. I there we go. Uh, Jupiter. This is, I think, a really good example of uh, his bass playing. And I kind of wanted my songs tonight to be on topic with uh, with the bass playing. Yeah, uh, I kind of went that way, too. Bass playing subject. So uh, this was from, I think, 2000. I jotted it down. It's from the album Jupiter. Yeah, from the year 2000. Uh, it's pretty killer. So if you don't know who Caven is, do yourself a favor and check out their whole catalog because it's amazing. Some amazing musicians and some amazing bass tones. So check it out. This is Caven. Metronome 
Cave In. That's a kick-ass tune. Good fucking band. That's two words. Cave In. Yes. Check it out. Hey, I got a question for you before we uh, before we get to your first song. Okay. Have you heard the new Lenny Kravitz single? Uh, no. I have the record, but I haven't listened to it yet. Okay. Hang on a second. I'm going to bring it up. Okay. I'm going to play it. Because I'm disgusted. <laughs> okay. All right, hang tight while I bring it up. Okay. All right, I dropped the volume on it a little bit so we could talk over it. Okay, wow. This is the first single. It's called The Chamber. What I've heard of the album, it's almost all like this. Like an 80s pop vibe? Yeah. Maybe. But definitely not a rock vibe. Oh, that's a shame. But the big payoff, or lack thereof, is the chorus. Which I think is right here. Right? What the fuck is that? Oh, wow. That's not good. That's weird. Yeah, so. <laughs> Today, one in the chamber. That was weird. It's. Yeah. So, all right. So, yeah. It's just, I just wanted to play that for people because I'm a big Lenny Kravitz yeah, fan. Yeah, me too. I've seen Lenny Kravitz live. Love it. Yeah. Um, this is not. This is not the Lenny I know. This is not even a catchy chorus. So, yeah, I wanted to kind of play that for you. Ooh, man. Is that rough? Yeah, I'm kind of nervous about the rest of the album now. Yeah. I thought we were getting, like, a rock record. Yeah, it does not look good. Yeah, and the only reason I heard that was because he was on uh, he was on Howard Stern this week, and they played that. And I'm in the car with my wife, and I'm like, this is awful. For like, okay, fine, if you want to make a pop album, make a pop album. That wasn't even a good pop yeah. song. Oh, man. So, that's that. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's rock out a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna do uh, the uh, Jane's Addiction song first. Um, it's got some uh, pretty. It opens with uh, some Eric Avery bass playing. That's why I wanted to uh, throw it up there. Perfect. Uh, it's from uh, Ritual de la Habitual, 
and it's uh it's called Ain't No Right and it's just a great song. So do it. live shows I've ever seen with the original lineup. Fucking Jane's Addiction. Yeah, I've caught that twice now. You at the Oakdale one? I was at the Oakdale yeah, one, and one. then um, uh, I was at the 
the uh, uproar fest, oh, where right, it was yeah. uh, Jane's Addiction and Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good shows, good shows. They're always a lot of fun. Uh, real quick before I forget too, I know it's not rock and roll, but congratulations are in order for Miss Barbara Streisand. Oh, what'd she do? She with her new album, Rumors, uh, not Rumors, uh, duets, is it? Partners, partners, partners. Yeah. <laughs> Rumors, partners, yeah, uh, partners, uh, with her new album hitting number one on uh, Billboard's uh, top two hundred. She is now the first artist in history to have had six number one albums in six different decades. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I, she's in her 70s. Yeah. I, yeah. I had no idea. I was like, God damn, how long has she been? Yeah. So she's the first artist to have uh, uh, six number one albums in six different decades. That's awesome. So that's quite an achievement. Go Barb. Babs. <laughs> uh, let's see who I got here. Okay, now the, what I'm going to play for you now is uh, Zozobra. At least I think it's how it's pronounced. Z O Z O B R A, and this is Caleb from Caven's uh, current band. Now this is a unique band. Uh, they've had a few different incarnations, but the one that I last saw live, it was uh, uh, Caleb uh, played guitar and bass, and uh, and there was a drummer. And what he would do is, uh, if like so let's say he was playing guitar. He was splitting his signal, uh, into one signal into a guitar amp and the other signal through an octave pedal into a bass amp. Oh, wow. So it was a two-man band that sounded full and thick like it was playing with a bass player. Um, and now other incarnations that I see, he's, pl- he's playing bass and he and um, uh, they, they took on a guitar place. It's like a three-piece. But uh, he's, yeah, he's singing uh, and playing bass on this one. Uh, I chose this one because I think it's a good example of, of bass playing. It's a sh- short song. It's like two minutes. Uh, it's called A Chorus of War. And this is uh, Zozobra. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs>
Zozobra. That was badass. That was badass. Awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, we're gonna switch it up a little bit, and um, we're gonna and we're gonna leave you guys with a song uh, this week. So um, you know, we just um, I don't really have anything coming up. If anyone wants to help me unpack boxes, that's what I'm promoting. Let's see. Where's my calendar? There's some good stuff coming up. Uh, we already mentioned the Misfits show that's happening uh, Halloween yeah. in uh, in Meriden, Connecticut. Uh, that's with uh, Josta. Um, I believe Josta is also playing, I think, the 17th or 18th. Uh, at um, at the Worcester Palladium for the uh, the Rock and Shock Festival, and uh, well, Hatebreed's playing with Black Label Society and Butcher Babies. I saw that at the Webster. I saw that. Um, and my band Gasoline Therapy. Yes, I saw. Yeah. Playing November sixth. Yes, and we're actually going to go on a little earlier because we're not headlining that one. We're actually opening, so we can. Go play and drink and hang yeah, with people. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. So it'll be a fun time. Um, we didn't talk about uh, the topic for our next show for the yes, top five. We should do that. All right, here's what we got for you for two weeks from now. Uh, we're asking you to send in what you think are the top five overrated bands. Mm-hmm. This is a kind of a wide net. Um, you know, because uh, I think that all comes down to a matter of opinion. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, even more so than our than our other lists. Uh, yeah. So uh, overrated bands. You know, just just think of your top five underrated bands and do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, top top like bands that are you know either super famous or get super super attention and that you just don't feel that they're worth it. Yeah. So that's that. So that's news for now. And as always, you know, send us your uh, your emails, your suggestions, rockandrolljunkies at yahoo.com. Check out the Facebook page. Pass that around to all your friends. Share it, share it, share it. Yeah, thank you to, um, we got a bunch of new likes this week, all from overseas. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys. Um, uh, unfortunately, I don't have the names written down, mm-hmm. um, but I will um, thank you guys personally off of the Facebook page. So Yeah, thank you guys yeah, for listening. Yeah, keep sharing that. It's great. So, um, yeah, that's about it. So, um, what are you going to leave us with, Al? Uh, let's leave you with a little um, mastermind of Getty Lee. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so, um, this one is called Working Man. Uh, it's just a great fucking song. This so, is um, the song that uh, broke them. Yeah. 74, I think it was, or something if like that. If you haven't seen the Rush uh, documentary, yeah. it's on Netflix and it's awesome. Beyond the Lighted Stage. You know, if you're a fan of Rush, it'll make you more of a fan of Rush. And if you're not a fan of Rush, you know, you could at least appreciate it because it's a very well-made documentary. Yes. So uh, thank you, guys, and uh, we'll see you soon. See you in two weeks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.